Yeah, so this morning I wasn't planning on telling a short story or anything, but uh, I was led to just say this. You know, uh, in 2002, when I first uh, came uh, to Bangalore and uh, ARF started, we had uh, one cell group, and uh, in that cell group I was very, very frequent. Um, that doesn't mean anything, so hear me out. Um, I used to uh, be very uh, happy to pray uh, because I grew up in a Bible believing home and I was good you know those who live uh, grew up uh, in homes like that can always say the right things right i knew how to say all the right things and we were praying for this one brother i forget his name uh, let's say ramesh right and uh, it was someone's uncle um and we were praying um, for him for many weeks so i knew what was uh, happening uh, it was few rounds of uh, some therapy going on and things like that so i was all set to pray and i'm sitting and i'm praying and um, you know there's another brother who's sitting next to me and as i'm praying i'm saying you know lord work in his life and touch him and all of that and then i get i don't know if is it the second round or third round you know these specifics are sometimes important when you pray i i just said third round and i get nudged i'm i'm still going on right because i'm in nkjv mode and i can't stop now right i just re- really need to go so finally i had to look at him he turns around and says brother ramesh passed away yesterday you know for some things there's absolutely no comeback and uh, and you know there, there's a point to the story hopefully i can circle back to it but that was who i was um many years back um so let's turn to the word and uh, you know we have been going through luke and uh, in luke i uh, just a quick introduction uh, before we get to the passage for today and um, in luke uh, the first section which was the introduction uh, we see from luke 1 to luke 4 we see how uh, uh, jesus is called uh, that he will be great he will be the son of the highest uh, on uh, the, the throne of his father david that's why he will reign forever and there will be no end to this reign this talks about the kingship of our lord jesus in luke chapter 2 it talks about how he will be born unto a woman and he will be our savior christ the lord you know that's talking about his son, that he is the son of man and that he is our messiah and in luke 3 our lord god says you are my beloved son and in you i am well pleased calling him the son of god having the very essence of god and that he was god himself so you know in that section we looked at who is jesus we just had to concentrate on who is jesus and then when we came to the galilean ministry which is luke 4 all the way to luke 950 which we stopped last week jesus is constantly talking to his disciples teaching them right he teaches them through miracles he teaches them by talking to them after that he's revealing his deity more and more right he touches and heals people touch him and they are healed he just says a word and somebody is healed he calms a storm he heals those who are uh, unable to um, you know beyond redemption he um, uh, raises the dead right and casts out demons all of this proving that he is god the disciples are still confused we see that they are still confused they still don't understand what is happening they sometimes get it sometimes don't right and this is also us and that is why the question was raised who is jesus to you you know that is what we had in our discussion groups right who is jesus to each one of us how personal is he who is he to us do we really understand who he is his purpose 
who he is his characteristics and many times we do fail at that even now right and if we don't understand that we will not understand the implications of being a christian you know a few weeks back we saw how the messiah was us was the suffering servant couple of weeks back we saw the transfiguration where he revealed his glory and last week in spite of all that the question posed to the disciples was oh you faithless and perverse generation how long will i keep proving to you how long and you know on that on the back of that is when a time comes and this is the pivotal time in luke 9 verse 51 where jesus turns his focus he turns his focus he doesn't stop teaching he doesn't stop what he's doing right but from galilee he is now moving towards jerusalem and the journey to jerusalem is filled with parables and teaching this teaching continues right but the objections towards him and the rejection against him also is continuing by the jewish nation and all the way up till 1945 we see jesus entering the temple in jerusalem so this is almost 10 chapters of uh, the travel narrative and then lastly we will all obviously see his de- trial death burial and resurrection and also his ascension right so this is largely what we're going to look at but today we are just looking at 12 verses and we'll start with 951 and as i said all these are building up you know t- jesus is building all this up um teaching around galilee for the next phase and we're coming to a major pivotal point here in this in this uh, narrative and that is in 951 in 951 he says now it the, the uh, you know luke is telling us now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he set steadfastly set his face to go to jerusalem you know we'll just concentrate on that first section for a minute just the first half of that verse and the esv says when the days drew near when the days drew near and niv says as time approached so this is not like you know jesus is bored you know galilee i'm done with galilee time to move on but there was a end game here and he was working backwards right there was a time and there was a reason he was going to jerusalem and he was working backwards and he said now is the time for me to go to jerusalem and you know if you look at the second part also it says time had come for him to be received up and that's in the nkjv but esv says to be taken up and niv adds a little bit of interpretation it says to be taken up into heaven into heaven right up to heaven and you know this taken up into heaven taken to heaven is also there when this is fulfilled and that is in mark 16 19 after the lord jesus had spoken to them he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of god so jesus knew exactly what was going to happen in jerusalem and he was going towards that it's not like he was this is just an accident he goes to jerusalem he's arrested it's all in the plan right and in uh, even in luke continues to write that and quote that in acts 1 to where he says until the day he was taken up into heaven right so this journey is not about galilee to jerusalem it's not a travel log it's not you know like one of those fun uh, youtube logs you see going from point a to point b it's not about that right but jerusalem the reason he is going to jerusalem is because he is going to get arrested there 
there's going to be an unjust trial he's going to be put to death a brutal death put to shame but he will rise again and he will ascend there will be history altering resurrection which is going to happen and this was the purpose for him to f- turn his face to jerusalem and you know this focus uh, towards galilee to jerusalem each step to jerusalem is an act of submission unto the father because this was in the father's will that our lord jesus christ would be born of a woman and because he was born of flesh he could lay down his life for each one of us this act was an act of submission and the son of god would die in substitution for our punishment and that is what this verse this one verse is so heavy with meaning and um, we could we could take a entire series on just this one verse why was the cross necessary right the prophets foretell about the cross even the old testament does in genre in genesis 3:15 you know when the fall of man happened we see the first uh, prophecy of this when god says that jesus will crush satan's head jesus will crush satan's head in isaiah 53 we all know isaiah 53 we we hear from it almost very often during the time of worship you know he is going to be a man of sorrows despised by men acquainted with grief he will carry our sorrows he will be wounded for our transgressions he will be bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes we will be healed by his stripes we will be healed this is what our lord jesus christ remembers when he says jerusalem and what did john the baptist say we we learned that few a couple of months back maybe when john the baptist sees him coming his first phrase is behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world that was his only purpose that was his main purpose jesus himself talks about his his betrayal his death burial and resurrection we won't go through all the verses but very quickly you know in luke 9:44 he will be betrayed into the hands of man luke 9:21 he will suffer many things and again in 21 it talks about how he'll be rejected by the elders the scribes and even by his own people he will die a gruesome death and if you just look up beyond luke 9:51 to 31 if you could just look in your bibles it says there that his decease which he is about to accomplish his decease which he is about to accomplish how can anyone accomplish anything by their decease or death right and here we see this man who is going to do a departure or exodus dos and that is for a purpose to save humanity let's go to the second part of that verse and understand this little more in luke 951 the second part says he steadfastly set his face to go to jerusalem set his face to go to jerusalem and you know it it's very very beautiful to know that in isaiah apart from isaiah 53 there's so many prophecies about our servant lord this servant king who comes to serve humanity to die for each one of us and there are four four servant uh, songs in isaiah and the third one is in isaiah 50 verse 4 to 11 if if you all could just turn to it if those those who want to just listen that's also fine in isaiah 54 to 11 it talks about this suffering servant who will 
in obedience to God, submit to the Father's will. In verse 7 it says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I will set my face like a stone, determined to do His will. Determined to do His will. And if you look at, uh, at, at NKJV, it says, Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. Like a flint. That is the original word. Not stone. Flint. What is flint? Flint is used in olden days for what? Sharpening things. It's one of the sharpest stones out there. It sharpens other things. It can sharpen metal. It is used in weapons. It's used to start fire. Extremely resilient. Extremely strong. And if you use flint in even construction, which they used to do way back, you are, you are there. Because that is the top quality material to be used. And it's not about the quality, right? It's about its resilience. How hard it is. That is what the writer wants us to see here. He hardened his face with resolve to look towards Jerusalem. That is what the prophecy says in Isaiah 50 verse 7. And what did our Lord Jesus do? He also wanted to accomplish something for us. He wanted to accomplish salvation for each one of us. And that was why he set his face on Jerusalem. Jerusalem is not, 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 it's nothing about the place. It's about the cross. The end game here is the cross. And that is what Christ knew very well. He knew that when he was saying these things. And you know, Luke wants us, he's showing Theophilus and he's showing each one of us how determined and the foresight Christ had in this mission. In the early part of his mission in Galilee, I need to go to Jerusalem. And the time had come for him to come to Jerusalem. He was resolute, undeterred, he set his face like flint. Means when, when the folks saw that, they saw something was, was happening here. Right? It was a powerful moment when he turned towards Jerusalem. You know, Jesus was the Messiah. We've, we've been learning that throughout, right? He is the Messiah, the Christ, Son of God, God himself, who had set his face for each one of us to go to the cross. In John 10, 11, the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And in Luke 19, 10, it says, the son of man is come to seek and to serve that which is lost. Each one of us were lost. And because of his resolute focus on Jerusalem, we have salvation, which is all due unto him. And why Jerusalem? What's so great about Jerusalem? In Zechariah 9.9, it talks about Jerusalem. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just having salvation. He is just having salvation. Lowly and riding a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. And you know, we will see this being Coming, coming to uh, life in Luke 19 as we study and we come there. And you know, here we see in Zechariah 9.9 fulfill, fulfillment of a prophecy of a king, that is Jesus, who is going to be just, who is going to have our salvation and yet who is humble. In Luke 18.31, if you, could, if you all could just turn to Luke 18, verse 31. You know, none of this was accidental. 
he knew this throughout and as he is journeying and as he is reaching jerusalem he is reminding his disciples once again then he took the 12 aside and said to them luke 18:31 behold we are going up to jerusalem and all the things were the, which were written by the prophets zechariah 9:9 concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he will be delivered to the gentiles and be mocked and insulted and spit upon they will scourge him and kill him and the third day he will rise again he knew everything that was going to happen everything you know these exact words would have confused the disciples they had no clue again what is this man saying i thought you're going to become a king i thought you're going to overrule this government and we're going to see you know position of political power but they it was all confused and all these events of imprisonment putting him to shame beating and putting him to death will come out to play and the disciples will then be reminded of what he said as they see it in jerusalem and after that in jerusalem is where these same guys who did not stand by christ will come together and will be the first band of believers and that will be the stepping stone jerusalem will be the stepping stone where the gospel will go out and we will again see all of that in the weeks to come out of jerusalem the message of salvation and hope emerged let's move on to the next uh, so we have taken about 18 minutes for one verse i never thought <laughs> i would do that i used to so we're going to take 18 minutes for every verse okay we won't we won't okay we'll move quickly now yeah this is this was the pivotal verse right so uh, back in your groups i hope you all will spend more time studying this and understanding it, right so so luke luke 951 is is a travel nar- is starting of the travel narrative and it goes all the way to 1944 and that's literally around 38% of luke luke is the only one who tra- who has captured so much of their travel and um, you know it it's it's as as i said this is not about jerusalem alone it's about christ's laser focus to the cross it's about him understanding that he is going to die for each one of us and we need to appreciate that right so the application i could draw for that is are we able to acknowledge the resoluteness or the or the fervent uh, mission of our lord jesus for each one of us you know we were we were just mud we just dirt his creation right but he was resolute to get this done and he was so focused so i i hope this is a point of worship for each one of us in our personal time or even on a sunday morning or wherever we are on how focused our lord was on each one of us his personal ministry was to get to jerusalem and that cross that was the reason for his birth and his life what is our mission do we have a mission for the church do we have a mission for the kingdom of god or are we aimless you know god has blessed us with so many gifts each one of us has gifts which we can use for the church i hope we have at least half the resolve of what christ had and we have some mission focus if we don't please introspect please talk to someone who you can try and understand how you can plug into the church how you can uh, be useful for his kingdom and those of us who do have responsibilities are we taking it lightly are we hoping somebody else will do it somebody else in the team will do it i need a break did jesus ask for a break his resoluteness was immediate he wanted to go immediately 
to Jerusalem. So I hope we have more discussions later on this. Uh, let's go to the next verse. And as we turn to verse 52, just want to understand about Samaria. And you see Samaria is right there in the middle. We have Galilee in the north and we have uh, Judea below. Um, John is trying to get off his chair because he loves these maps. He would explain this much better than any one of us. Um, from Galilee to Jerusalem, which is uh, in Judea, most Samaritan, uh, so I'm sorry, most of the Jews would not go through Samaria. You know, they would not go through Samaria because the Samaritans were a mixed race. They were not pure. You know, in uh, in during the time of exile, the Assyrians had taken a bunch of them out of the northern kingdom and displaced them. The ten tribes were displaced. Those who remained were outsiders of Broughton and they were all intermarried. So when intermarriage happened, what happened? Even worship was mixed, right? It was Jewish customs with pagan customs. Their worship was totally messed up. Even their Pentateuch was, was with a lot of additions and flavors, whichever they wanted. And they did not consider Jerusalem as the holy mount. For them, it was Mount Gerizim. You'll see Mount Gerizim there somewhere in the middle to the south of Samaria. Somewhere there. Yeah, that's Mount Gerizim. Right? That was their holy place. And they did not consider Jerusalem holy. So the Jewish nation hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans also hated the Jews. But they coexisted. You could go through the region. But many people tried to avoid it and go around. But let's see what Jesus wants to do, right? Jesus doesn't doesn't have the same thought process as the other Jews, right? And as they were going to travel, he actually gets into Samaria. Verse 52. Verse 52 says, Jesus sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. He's just not going to travel through there. He wants to go there. He wants to stay. He wants to teach. He wants to share the gospel to the Samaritans. Now this also would have confused the disciples, but they, they would have done what was asked of them. And what did happen when they reached? The Samaritans reject him outrightly. We see that in verse 53. They did not receive him. If you can look in your Bibles, you see that they rejected him. Why? They did not know him. Right? They may not, he was more popular in Galilee. They didn't even give him a chance because his face was set to Jerusalem and not Gerizim. If it was Mount Gerizim he said he was going to, they would have had a big conference there. right? But they did not value his words and they rejected him outrightly. And you know, it's, it's right to think that he would feel offended. It's right to think that the disciples would feel offended. And let's see the reaction of the disciples. In verse 54, the disciples James and John saw this and they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Suddenly these boys, you know, who have wavering faith, who are struggling in their own faith, is like, shall we give it to them? They're in all anger, you know, they're in vengeance mode, like, no. And you know, in 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 time of Elijah, when King Ahaziah wanted to uh, capture him and a captain came with 50 soldiers, he said, uh, man of God, man of God, come down. Uh, obviously, he was mocking him. So Elijah answers to the captain said, if I am a man of God, this is in 
second uh, kings 1 10 if i am a man of god may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men and that's what exactly happened you know the times were different and those days god wanted to make a statement and there was vengeance on those who were against him but let's see what jesus reaction is right and we also have this kind of reaction if we are rejected you know when the gospel is shared right we oh, you don't want to hear our gospel go 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 you know what right? <laughs> go die <laughs> right we don't give anyone a second chance because you know we have done our part and you know the disciples themselves are struggling as we are right how were they rebuked in the past in 941 there was in in 825 the question is posed where is your faith in 941 it says oh you perverse and faithful and uh, faithless generation in verse 55 luke 9:55 but he jesus turned and rebuked them as they're getting angry and violent he's like calm down no relax just hold on for a bit he rebuked them and said you do not know what manner of spirit you are of you know this was the acceptable year of the lord this was the year this was a period where the lord would show mercy the lord was here to save sinners it was a period of grace and not a period of vengeance in romans 14:10 to 12 you know the similar kind of questions comes comes forth to us you know when we see injustice or when we see something wrong we are very quick to pass judgment and the two questions posed there in romans 14:10 to 12 are why do you pass judgment on your brother and why do you despise your brother these are the two questions even we battle with when we face our fellow brothers right we are quick to pass judgment we are quick to despise but what is the answer or the response given there you know, it is not up to us the response is for even we will stand before the judgment seat of christ even we will stand before the judgment seat of christ and each one of us will have to give an account for ourselves so let's concentrate on our lives right and not look to vengeance not look to to uh, put the other down but let's show grace and mercy in verse 56 further we'll see what his true intentions are for these people the lord says for the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives but to save them did not come to destroy but to save them and you know after that what he did he did not go back he went to another village he kept pursuing them you know in john 10:10 10, it says that jesus came to give us life that was his purpose not to destroy he comes to give life and give life abundantly in mark 10:45 it talks about again this phrase son of man you know the son of man is quoted almost 100 and sorry 81 times by our lord in the in the gospels 81 times son of man he calls upon his humanity and when he calls upon his own humanity we have to understand how humble he is the creator of this universe calling himself the son of man and that he came to serve you know you know contrary to many man made gods priests what is what is their aim their aim is to condemn right they want to destroy they want to be served you know serve me right but unconventionally our lord jesus christ came to rescue us to restore us and to serve 
by sacrificing himself he sacrificed himself and that was his act of service and by thereby doing that he redeemed many what a wonderful savior we have what a what a go- awesome god we have and you know who's who's the guy who wanted to pour wrath on wrath and destruction on them james and john right but you know what happens in acts 8 in acts 8 john goes with peter on a missionary journey to where samaria he goes to the very same villages to share the gospel there and in 931 if if you all can just turn to, turn, turn to acts 931 acts 931 you know we think that samaritans are forgotten lost good for nothing right but in 931 then the churches throughout all judea galilee and samaria remember that that map we just saw all three regions which were with 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 this cold war with each other had peace were edified and walking in the fear of the lord and the comfort of the holy spirit and they were multiplied amazing right the same guy who wanted to pour wrath on that region has now become missionary for the samaritan region and because of that an entire un- region is now united under christ so what is what do we see here what did jesus show us here jesus shows us that his face was resolute to save humanity and not just the jews but everyone and you know this and when we face rejection rejection does not mean closure rejection is not closure you know we have to pursue the ones who are close to the truth there are many who are close to the truth and we need to pursue them and there's a cost to that there is a cost which will be there to pursue them are you going to the next stage jaji so what's our application on this right what is our response to the fallen world are we the light of the world do we have this response that we are the light of the world what is our response to those who reject the gospel when they reject it is it a closed book do we stop pursuing them what is our response to know to those who know of christ you know many of them know of christ he's a good man right are we able to build on that and share christ to them who are our samaritans samaritans knew jehovah right they, they knew yahweh but they were so close yet so far away and they folks like that in our circles and they folks who think that jesus is a prophet that he is just a prophet he's done many great things but he's just a prophet he's not god and they those who think that that only jehovah is god christ is not god christ is just a son yeah he's done many things but he only jehovah we will only focus on jehovah they are so close and the gospel is so close to them those who think that they need to go to the father through mary they are also so close to the truth no one comes to the father except through me except that's what christ says right i hope we can share to these folks like the samaritans how close they are to the truth and so many normal christians also you know pradeep daniel version 2002 so close <laughs> yeah many of us are nominal christians we just come here to the church because it's 
attendance daddy mummy need to know i went to church that's it i don't need to be plugged in i don't need to do anything i can just exist and say i go to cbf i may go only once in 4 weeks or once in 3 weeks but i go to cbf are you plugged in do you have a personal ministry are you engaged with the disciples here okay let's move on to the next section and that's 57 to 62 and we'll move quickly and you know gospel of luke is like a discipleship manual right this section is is uh, is talking about what is discipleship and you'll see much of that in the in the passages to come as well in the first section verse 57 we see this one guy you know as they are traveling along someone just randomly just says to him lord i will follow you wherever you go you know as this whole crowd of multitude is going through samaria we see that the, you know the, the, there were no concerts that time there were no rock stars there were no pop stars so this was that equivalent right there was this it's a boring place right dry there's suddenly this group of people going and there's a lot of hype around it and it's trending i don't know where i don't want to look at uh, the social media experts here but no social media right but this was exciting everyone wants to get on the bandwagon and we see this one guy saying hey i'm going to follow you he has no clue what it means to follow jesus and you know we've seen in the past where when someone comes with a wrong intention jesus is able to catch that and he said hey that's not right and this is exactly that kind of situation and what is jesus reaction it's completely like uh, no connection to what this guy said verse 58 <clears throat> jesus said to him foxes have holes now foxes having holes is a good thing it's not something bad they are very comfortable in their holes that's their home and birds of the air have nests birds are very happy in their nests they that's their home right and they have that but the son of man again the son of man showing his humanity he has nowhere to go he doesn't have a place to lay his head what happened few few verses back in in the samaritan village he didn't get a place to put his head they told him to get out he did not have a place to rest his head and this is what happens when we follow christ we will face opposition and this is not unrelated it's directly related you know because this guy doesn't know what's the cost to be paid to follow jesus he thinks it's all fun and games you know this looks really cool cbf is so cool we have good music get to hang out with a bunch of people but is that the reason to come to church is that the real reason we need to come to church let's introspect and ask that right and you know this person did not understand the amount of sacrifice needed to be a disciple Jesus calls himself the son of man again pointing to his messianic role pointing to his humanity and you know following Jesus will not grant us anything which is positive like comfort or prosperity or fame the only thing he promises us is struggles when we follow Jesus we will have struggles for the gospel now don't don't look at the struggles you go through because of your sinful life that's not it it's here when we struggle for the gospel when we go through persecution for the gospel we should understand that we are on the right track and when we don't face persecution and struggles the question goes back are we not doing enough 
are we not doing enough the next disciple i didn't know how to term the disciple so i said would be disciple i don't and and you know scripture doesn't confirm if they become became followers it looks like most of them just fell aside verse 59 then he said to another now this is the other way around the first guy came proactively but here jesus looks at one guy and says follow me follow me but he said lord let me first go bury my father okay i will but let me go bury my father now let me go bury my father does not mean the father is dead because if the father was dead he would not be on this road show because they would be right there and the funeral would be immediate then they don't have freezers back then right he is not on this road show because his father is dead that statement means look my father has his business you know it's going very well and everyone had business there was no you know cgi or deloitte if i ask cgi or deloitte to put up put their hands up here half the church would put their hands up <laughs> all the deloitte people are laughing okay listen there is no corporate work everyone is in business everyone is in family business so this guy is like let me go back settle my affairs with the house you know my dad is going to retire soon i will take over then when he dies i will take possession of my house and everything then i will come that is what it means here he is looking at very long term right he is very selfish to understand that if i leave now and come my cousin will take off the business and take my house which still happens today but that's a different story <laughs> so you know this guy's focus is not about today or now he wants to get back to his home and he said maybe later right and you know what's what's interesting is is he says lord he's submitting to lord he knows that jesus is lord but the very next phrase is contradictory to the first phrase of lord let me first let me you know he puts himself first and that contradicts himself right there <clears throat> verse 60 jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but you go now and preach the kingdom of god but you go and preach the kingdom of god you know god wants us to start serving now not tomorrow not next phase not once i settle down not once i am little more emotionally better nothing of that matters he wants us to start serving right now and you know this message convicts me as well and i struggle with this as well we all want breaks we all want a phase to com- continue a phase to complete before we can serve that's not what god wants god wants us to serve right now you go and preach the kingdom of god you know in james 4 13 to 17 talks about tomorrow right tomorrow but you know if the lord wills we will live we do not we do not know anything about tomorrow let's not bank on tomorrow let's bank on the now right and you know it's a sin verse 17 says it is a sin if we know what we ought to do and we do not do it that is a sin and i'm sure we all not know what what ought we ought to do i'm sorry for the tongue twister but okay let's move on to the last guy and the third disciple 
the would-be disciple. Now he has seen these two events and he's this is all happening quite soon. He's seeing this and he's like, okay, I got this right. Lord, I will follow you. But let me go and say bye to my family. Again, this is not Bangalore. You can't take Uber, go quickly to Marthali and come back in one hour. They are on the road to Samaria. None of them are going to be anywhere close to this place. At least a half day walk to go home, say bye, come back. Minimum. Maybe more. He wants to go say bye. right? And the disciple is again not having his priorities right. And what does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, this disciple is not able to deny himself. He's not able to take an immediate call. It's not only about priority. There's a lack of urgency. There's no urgency. And when it says here, when, when our Lord Jesus says here, once you put your hand to the plough, you know, when, when you are, when we usually plough, <laughs> okay, when our ancestors used to plough, you know, when you're driving the, the bullock cart or, you know, whatever you're pushing it, the moment you turn the side, the buffalo will also go the wrong direction because you have to direct it. You have to direct it. And if you don't look, it's going to go all over the place. Right? And Lord Jesus is saying is, once you put your hand to the plow, do not look back. There is no reason to look back. And if you look back, it does not mean that you are not fit for the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that it disqualifies you. That's not it, not what it's saying here. It's not about a qualification for heaven. But it, what it means is we are not fit for the service in the Lord's kingdom. For serving his church, we will not be fit if we keep looking back. We have to focus on what the ministry God has given us to do. It will cost us time. It will cost us efforts. It will cost us time with our family. It will cost us monetary and material things. Are we ready to do that? And you know, verse 62 has a beautiful connection with 51. If you can look in your Bibles, verse 62 has a beautiful connection with verse 51. What does it say there? It says, Jesus is saying that we should not turn back. What did Jesus do in 51? He set his face steadfastly to Jerusalem. The question is very simple. Are we able to steadfastly set our face to the new Jerusalem? Are we able to set our face to heaven? Are we building treasures in heaven? That is the question for us. You know, his second coming is imminent. Any time he can come. So we can't keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And when Jesus comes, you can't say, you know what, I was going to do it tomorrow. That is not what he wants from us. So he will ask us answers now. You know, we are answerable. We have to give an account to him now. So in conclusion, you know, Jesus uh, is asking each one of us to be a disciple, to be a fervent follower. He wants us to be a true follower, not looking back, not wavering in our footsteps. He wants us to, to you know, really 
have resoluteness or, or, or direction in his calling and we should be firm in that there is a price to be paid for it we have to pay a price it cannot be easy it is going to be a difficult price to be paid to serve his kingdom and his church and there will be persecution there will be persecution because of our faith because of us sharing the gospel there will be persecution we should be ready for it you know as i end i just want to end with a quick story and this story is is from the garo hills in assam area now it is meghalaya but in those days it was called assam and you can see that it's in the northeast of our country and uh, you know there were welsh welsh uh, ministers who came there was a revival 150 years back and many of them came to the northeast area there were baptist preachers who came to the area and through all of that mission work they went to the garo hills and the garo hills are where head hunters live and they are very violent people for the sl- for the wrong for the smallest of reason they will kill you and chop your head off smallest of reason because for them the head is a trophy and the more heads you have the more powerful warrior you are and in that region many evangelists went shared the gospel and many were also reluctant because they know if they become christians or they go against the faith of their tribe they could get killed through all that work there was one family who came to christ in that garo tribe and um, because of his life their life their entire family's life many other in that tribe also came to know christ and the village chief got really angry so he said bring them out so the whole village came out and there was a big gathering and these four were in the center the, the man his wife and two young boys and when he is when when he is being questioned about his faith and to renounce his faith and it's obviously execution right if you don't follow his his demands it's going to be execution he say he asked him what have you decided i want you to stop all of this what have you decided and you know moved by the holy spirit he said he said i have decided i will follow jesus and he rebuked him again and he said you better change your mind or i'm going to kill your entire family and he orders the two sons to be shot down and as the two children are lying on the ground with arrows in their body he asks him again no one's going to follow you because this is going to be their fate i want you to renounce your faith and stop this right away what are you going to do he says even if no one follows me i will still follow jesus and the next shots were obviously to his wife and to this believer and that one family laid down their life saying these last few words and you were inspired by this many in that village came to know christ and, and as all of all of you know in meghalaya the majority of, uh, is christianity of the three states which have majority as christianity meghalaya is one of them you know this inspired by this these words is the song which we all know as i have decided to follow jesus did you know that it originated from assam you know what's a tune called the tune name is assam you can research it yourself who wrote it we do not know it's anonymous there are many stories on who wrote it but everyone knows it originated in assam because even in the 1920s and 30s and 50s this song in assamese resonated in the region and you know this song is wrongly sung 
when there's an altar call this is not about altar call this is not saying you know if you want to be a believer come forward i will follow you. this is not about that as you see the story as a believer of jesus to be a true follower of jesus there is a price to be paid will you still follow will you still be persistent will you take the gospel of jesus christ to the ends of the earth that is what they are asking of us you know and this song is is very powerful and i hope that we we're going to sing it now and i hope we can sing it in the way it was intended to be written can we truly make a commitment and if we are not able to make their commitment maybe we should not sing it right but if we can make a commitment today to really make changes in our life to follow jesus follow all his instructions serve the church more i encourage each one of us to really sing this as a prayer unto yourself you know for yourself can we truly follow him in the ways he has requested of us and in our groups i hope we can study this more and understand this more i'll Persecution India says that in four-year period, twenty-one people have martyred for Christ in India, and many more have struggled, got beaten, have got abused, and have got severe forms of persecution in the last many years. Even if we are not able to follow the way Jesus has asked, I hope we can pray for our country of India. and the struggles many go through for the sake of the gospel i have decided to follow jesus the world behind me the cross before me no turning back allow jesus christ we thank you lord for who you are lord we thank you lord for your foresight oh lord and steadfastness towards jerusalem towards the cross that cross which was meant for us that punishment of sins which were meant for each one of us you stood oh lord there on that cross for our sake We thank you, Lord, that you purchased us with your precious blood, and we have a life eternal with you because of this. And we pray, Lord, that we can take this into account as we decide to follow you. We pray, Lord, that we will do more for you. We will do more for your kingdom. We pray, Lord, that we will not be ashamed of the gospel, but we will push forward, Lord, in spite of persecution, in spite of trials, because of the gospel. We pray, Lord, that nothing will will bring us down. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us, O Lord, and make us the light of the world, Lord. We pray, Lord, that many will come to know Christ because of Calvary Bible Fellowship and the members here. And pray, Lord, that we will be able to bring many to your saving glory, O Lord. We commit each one of us into your hands, O Lord, and we ask for this in and through name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.